Who raised Jesus up? We have a lot of standard answers, don't we? Most people, believe it or not, are well aware of the Christian claim that Jesus was put to death by crucifixion and uh, was later raised from the dead, what we call three days later. That's debated on all sorts of things, but from the Jewish way of seeing days, it was three days, okay? The validity of the event is central. It's even essential to the faith for believers. And for the most part, it's universally accepted. When it when the resurrection of Christ starts to be doubted and questioned, that is usually the demarcation line of somebody not being really a Christian is because it's all predicated on whether he rose from the grave or not as prophesied and as witnessed by his apostles. I accept the resurrection is happening in the way scripture describes, but there is a question. I think that all people must ask themselves about the resurrection that will aid them in understanding something about his makeup, his ontology is the big word. Uh, and that question is, who raised Jesus up from the dead? Now, because I'm always investigating the nature of God and Jesus, always open to changing my mind about what I currently think, uh, I'm seek for evidence to deny or support uh, my views and or the Trinity. And uh, my interpretation of the scripture is different from that of our Trinitarian promoting brothers and sisters. Okay, and I say brothers and sisters because we're going to divide on the ontology of God. The Trinitarians say, no, you're not a Christian if you do. But I think that it's, it's uh, our salvation is not based, being saved to the kingdom is not based on whether we have the perfect uh, understanding of God's makeup. Okay, and I know that's debated with flames by our Trinitarian brothers and sisters, but I think that they're going to be fine in how they view things. They could be correct. I could be incorrect. I could be correct, and I'm going to be fine, so will they. So whatever it is. But we all read the same passages of Scripture, so the question is not so much do we agree that the passages are there, but are more so, the question is more so, how do we interpret the passages that we are reading? Let me explain. I went to a popular website uh, owned and operated by uh, a Reformed Trinitarian group. It means they're Trinitarian Calvinists. And I asked the question, who raised Jesus up from the dead? And this is what they said. In Acts 2.24, this is a quote. Peter said that God raised up Jesus from the dead. So that's the basic answer. God resurrected Jesus. This is them talking. And we read more scripture, that basic answer becomes more nuanced. The Bible indicates that all three persons of the Trinity were involved in Jesus' resurrection. Galatians 1.1 says that the Father raised Jesus from the dead. 1 Peter 3.18 says that the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And you can also look at Romans 1.4 and note that Romans 8.11 clearly says that God will resurrect believers through the Spirit. That's how they make that leap, that the Spirit was involved in raising Jesus from the dead. And in John 2.19, Jesus predicts that he will raise himself from the dead. And you can also look at John 10.18. So they go on. 
So they say, <coughs> when we answer the question of who resurrected Jesus from the dead, we can say God did. And by that we mean that it was the Father, it was the Son, and it was the Holy Spirit. And I'm adding here, therefore, it's the Trinity. God. God did, and God is a Trinity. That's the way the logic is when you read this. I'm continuing with the quote now. It seems puzzling how Jesus could be said to raise himself. They admit that. How can a dead man have any say in his own resurrection? The answer is that Jesus was more than a man who died. He was the eternal son of God incarnate. The eternal son of God incarnate. Wicked men could kill his body, but they could not change his eternal nature or diminish his divine power. Furthermore, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In John eleven twenty five, he claimed to be the resurrection himself. He has absolute authority over life and death. Revelation 1, 18. Jesus is God. He could say he would raise up his body on the third day because he, being God, had power over death. Who raised Jesus from the de dead, they uh, repeat? God did. And by that, we mean all three persons of the Trinity were involved. This is universally accepted, this rhetoric. And it, and it starts to make some sense as you listen to it. Okay, I take it. Fine. They continue. All three persons of the Trinity participated in creation. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Genesis 1, 1 through 2. All three were involved in salvation, John 3, 16 uh, and John 3, 6. And all three were responsible for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. End quote. Got all that? It sounds pretty good. And if you're not interested in the truth and you don't want to fog your mind with the facts, you know, never let the facts influence your beliefs and you're willing to accept the interpretations of others without challenging them, you're good to go. And God will probably love you the same, no problem. You're going to die, and you're going to come to the truth like I am and like everybody else. But I suggest that the very same answers in Scripture that are given here refute the man-made doctrine of the Trinity, and I want to show you how and why. So, Let's use the Reformed Trinitarian response and I'll provide you with a different point of view for your consideration. They cite Acts 2.24 where Peter says that God raised Jesus from the dead. So that's the basic answer. They say God resurrected Jesus. Okay, that's where they start. Let's read Acts 2.24, Acts 2.23 and 24 actually, and see what Peter actually says. Okay, they cited this, speaking to a group of Jews at Pentecost and speaking of Jesus himself, Peter says, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be beholden of it, meaning death. So we agree with Peter that God, in fact, raised up Jesus from the dead. We might also agree that Paul, who describing God, said that to us there is one God, the Father, 
of whom are all things and we by him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we by him. So there are plenty of other scriptures where Paul and others clearly distinguish God as the Father. That's the God that Peter said raised Jesus from the dead, the Father. That's who, who Paul says God is, the Father, okay? And others clearly distinguish as God being a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that make up the one God. That's the Trinitarian rhetoric. So scripture tells us there is one God. Paul says this, the one God is the Father. And Trinitarians say there is one God and that one God is not just the Father, is not just the Son, is not just the Holy Spirit, but those three make the one God. It goes contrary to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. So, the author of this article on this well-known site unfortunately added, as we read more scripture, that basic understanding of God raising Jesus becomes more nuanced. In other words, they believe that they can take Paul's definition of God as being just the Father and nuance him out and through other passages of Scripture. This nuancing that they do contradicts the plain passage of God being the Father and rewrites it to say that God is the Father plus two more. Plus two more. Ask yourself in describing God why Paul didn't say, and to us there's one God, uh, even the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't. He says there's one God, comma, the Father, comma, and one Lord, comma. That's what Paul says. So why doesn't he add the other two members if that's what makes God? This is what the author says next from the Reformed Trinitarian view. Quote, the Bible indicates that all three persons of the Trinity were involved in Jesus' resurrection. And what does this author say to support this amplification of God the Father not being the one who raised up Jesus from the dead, but that the three persons of the co-equal, co-eternal God were involved? He or she says, Number one, Galatians 1.1 says the Father raised Jesus from the dead. We already admit that the Father raised Jesus from the dead and that the Father is God, but let's read this reference that they provide. Galatians 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So this is another reiteration or iteration of the Father being God and the Father being the one who raised Jesus from the dead. Yet, it gives us a really unique insight there because he says, and, but Jesus Christ, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So he distinguishes from Jesus Christ and God the Father. He does that clearly here, showing that they are not what make up the one God added in the Holy Spirit, that God is the Father, and that God is the Father who rose, uh, raised Jesus. Then the author writes in the Reformed uh, Calvinistic, Reformed uh, Trinitarian model, 
1 Peter 3.18 says that the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. So in their effort to say all three persons of the Trinity were involved in raising Jesus from the dead, they say P Peter in 1 Peter 3.18 supports the Spirit being involved in raising Jesus from the dead. And so uh, we're going to have to start thinking here because how this author interprets these passages to speak of the third person of the Trinity is really loose. Uh, so let's work through the presentation again, but more closely, as the author says, 1 Peter 3.18 says the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. What does 1 Peter 3.18 actually say? If you're lazy, you'll just accept what the author said. I go and I read what it says, and it says at 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ has also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Okay? First of all, there's no capitalizations here of Spirit, except in some translations, so this does not mean the Spirit person of the Trinity. That's the first thing to consider. Second, the Spirit of God, which gave life to Adam certainly would be involved in raising Jesus back to life, quickening him. But this passage does not in any way prove that this spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Not in any way. It just says the spirit was involved in quickening him to life. Spirit with a lowercase s in most translations. So we can agree that God's spirit raised Jesus from the dead, but that doesn't prove that the spirit's a third person of the Trinity and was involved. That's the leap that these writers write. The writer adds two more references to support 1 Peter 3.18 and says Romans 1.4 and Romans 8.13 clearly show that God will resurrect believers through his spirit. So go to Romans 1.4 and we read, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Again, spirit of holiness there is lowercase, has nothing to do with the third person of the Trinity, and it's just the spirit of holiness, which is the spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. They're trying to say, read this as, and the spirit of holiness, which is the third person of the Holy Trinity, raised Jesus from the dead. You have to read into it. Sharpen your mind and your eyes when you read the scripture and you're fed this stuff because it doesn't hold water if you think and read it in context. No proof that the spirit of holiness speaks of the third person of the Trinity there. Finally, the author says also to show that the third person of the Trinity raised Jesus from the dead, look to Romans 8.11. So let's read it. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So he says the spirit of him is certainly the Spirit of God, the Father. Certainly, we admit that. But where does it make us believe in the text that this is the third person of the Holy uh, Trinity that is involved in raising Jesus from the dead? You've got to read into it. You've got to isogetically add it to your uh, mindset. And you have to then see the Scripture through those man-made man assumptions. But that if you just read that passage, the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, it's the spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead. That's all it is. Then the author points out that Jesus, who he or she would be seen as the second person of the Trinity, 
as having a hand in his resurrection and says, John 2.19, Jesus predicts that he would raise himself from the dead. So turn to John 2.19 and we read, Jesus answered and said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. That's what Jesus says. I think it's an interpretational difference that reveals to us the makeup of Jesus. See, when Jesus said, and I will raise it up, he was talking about God in him. Fully God in him. And I will raise it up, right? God with us in him. That's when, so when he says that, it's absolutely true. He would raise it up, that, that temple. As God with us, he would raise it up. Not as a second person of the man-made trinity, but as God with us. So it doesn't contradict when Peter says God raised up Jesus from the dead. When Jesus said, I will raise Jesus from, I will raise myself up. He's just talking about God in him. We don't have to break it up into these Trinitarian uh, modes or persons. Then in John 10, 18, Jesus is speaking of his life and he says, no man takes it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my father. So again, you could interpret this as a co-equal, co-eternal Jesus, son of, son of God, you know, God Jr. In the, in the heavens, his son, uh, as the second person of the Trinity speaking, or you could interpret it as Jesus of Nazareth, the man saying, hey, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down as a man, and I will have power to take it up again. This commandment I received of my father again, who is the one God. The author summarizes his response in the Reformed uh, Trinitarian article, and he says, So, when we answer the question of who resurrected Jesus, we can say God did. And by this, we mean it was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is the leap, especially in the supports and proofs regarding the Spirit that they use but also the proof that God, who uh, the Son, who was God with us, gave his Son directives and power. The writer adds, finally, it may seem puzzling how Jesus could say he raised himself. How can a dead man have say in his own resurrection? The answer is that Jesus was more than a man who died. He was the eternal Son of God incarnate. Wicked men could kill his body, but they could not change his eternal nature or diminish his divine power. Furthermore, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He claimed to be the resurrection himself. He has the absolute authority over his life and death. Jesus is God, they say. He could say and raise up his body on the third day because he, being God, had the power over death. And to this, I would completely agree. Absolutely agree. But not in the sense of him being a separate person. That's where they mix it up. Jesus was God with us. God's word in him was God. When he said, I will do this, it was God speaking. It wasn't a pre-existent Jesus man, the second person of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, speaking of himself. He was talking about the man himself with God in him. I know it can become confusing. So when he says that he's the resurrection and the life, that's God saying, I'm the resurrection and the life. The man born of flesh wasn't the resurrection and the life. 
He was going to die. God in him said, I am the resurrection and the life. So when you hear Jesus speak, you're hearing God speak. That's how to see it. Trinitarians assume that when Jesus speaks of himself in terms of power, that he's, re he's referencing a separate person, pre-mortal, existing Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that has all this personality that's speaking. That's not the case. It's Jesus in flesh with God in him speaking as God. That's what it would be in my estimation. The writer concludes the article, who resurrected Jesus from the dead. God did, and by that we mean all three persons. All three persons of the man-made, I added that, Trinity. And in this we see men perpetu perpetuating the, the created chimera. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an animal that has the body of a goat and the head of a man and the tail of a lion. I mean, it's a chimera god. And they've done this in order to try to uh, resist Arianism back in the day, but it is not consistent with a reasonable assessment of Scripture. The Spirit of God is not a person. It's not Nanny Mo and Jack. It's not Jack of the three. It is the Spirit of God, okay? And the Word made flesh, the Word of God, His very Word, was in a man, Jesus of Nazareth. And when he spoke as God, it was God speaking. The writer concludes with statements that can be partially supported, but like all good corruptions contain some error. As he says, all three persons of the Trinity participated in the creation. All three were involved in salvation and all three were responsible for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I would suggest strongly it's not a hill to die on in my estimation because we see through a glass darkly, but that there is one God and only one. And in and through him and his spirit, which is not a separate entity from the one God, it's his spirit, uh, all things were done. And when he, uh, the spirit overshadowed Mary, a human being was made, the son of God from birth, and the word of God was made flesh, not a person the word of God, and that dwelled inside Jesus, and he died as a man, but he spoke as God. That's how I think we should see it and rid ourselves of this mythical three-person, co-eternal, co-created God that uh, men have created for their uh, understanding. Have a great week. Love you.